Before we dive in this morning to part two of Serve Him, we did part one last week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer just one more time. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you for your word. We just thank you for your words and not mine. And Lord, we just think that we can put our minds on you for this short time, open up our hearts to be able to receive what you have for us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God has called each one of us to serve Him. And serving is doing good things, but it's even more than that. It's doing good things for the Lord. It's doing good things for Him acceptably, which is what we began talking about last week, that we want to serve God, but we want to make sure that we're serving Him acceptably, that we're doing it in the way that we're supposed to be doing it, that our hearts are right before Him. We want to always examine ourselves, and we want to look at our, our, everything that we do, our aspects of our life, and make sure that we're serving Him. We are serving no other but Him, because God is the only one who is worthy to be worshipped, and He's the only one who's worthy, really, to be served uh, in, as, as God, to be served as God. Now, we are to serve others, and we know that our service extends, and God commands us to serve one another, to love one another, and, and, and to always be looking out for the needs of others, but serving as God, there's only one who's worthy to be served as God, and that is our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to begin this morning in chapter 24 of Joshua, and this is where Israel renews its covenant with God. They had already gone through, and they were in the promised land. The walls of Jericho had fallen. The different other peoples they have conquered and they've gone they've had their ups and downs they've been through a lot they were deceived by some and they had all these different things and then Joshua begins in chapter 24 addressing the people and is, and begins to talk to them and we'll pick up in verse 14 where he says now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whom whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so we've heard this scripture. Many of you, if you've been in the church for some time, if you've been saved, been a Christian, You've probably heard this, this verse here that we, in my house, it's, it's, it's for me, as, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. You guys do whatever you want to do. You can decide. You can do that. That's your prerogative. God put us here with choice. You do what you're going to do. But for me, I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. But what does it really mean to serve the Lord? Now, last week we went into attributes of serving and some different things like that. But what does it really mean to serve the Lord? It means to do what he says in a way that makes him look supremely valuable. To serve him in a way that just makes him look supremely valuable. It means to submit to him in a way that makes him look thrilling that makes him look exciting. That's how we are to serve the Lord. Now, see, there's ways to submit to God, to obey him, because we talked about last week that obedience to God 
is a key to serving him. Now, see, there's some ways that we can obey that doesn't make him look all that thrilling, that makes him look as just an authority, like an authority figure. And, you know, we know that in our families growing up. We, you know, with the, we have children. How many in here? You have children, you know, and we know that our children can serve us. And, and you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm a little old school. I, I teach my children to say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. Now, they don't always do it. And sometimes they get the look. Sometimes I tell them, you say yes, ma'am, boy, you know, or say yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. Yes, what? Because you know, they just say, yeah. And I say, yes, what? You know, to make sure they get that. I, I'm a old school like that. Now, I'm not too hard on them about it, but I want them to know that they are to respect the authority. And when you're talking to another adult, they are to respect that authority by saying, yes, sir, or no, sir. And I remember growing up, my mom and my dad, they did the same thing. They said, I want you to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I want you to say, yes, sir, no, sir. But there was times my father would tell me to do something. And I, you know, I, yes, sir, I'm on it. That's one of my youngest sons, he does it. He says it, yes, sir, I'm on it. And he's excited about it. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. But you know, there's those times where, you know, my dad would tell me that I'm supposed to do something. And I'd be like, well, dad, you know, I really have, but, but dad, he's like, no buts, just do it. Yes, sir. My dad right now, if you're looking at me and my expression, my dad's not looking too thrilling. <laughs> I'm not representing my dad well. When I'm hanging my head and it's, yes, sir. Now he's just an authority and that's it. See, he doesn't look so exciting. But when he tells me to do, when he told me to do something, I was like, yes, sir, I got that. That makes him look what? Real good. Makes him look really good. We need to serve. What does it mean to serve God? We're to serve him in a way that makes him supremely valuable, that looks valuable, and that makes him look thrilling, but yet it's still, now hear me, church, it still does not take away from his authority. Still doesn't take away. So we know that to serve God and to serve him acceptable in all that we do, we can almost look at it this way. Is it, yes, sir. I'm on that. I'm happy to do that. As it says in the scripture, it's my reasonable service. It's reasonable to serve him. And, oh, I can't wait. Or is it, yes, sir. You know, so we can kind of look at it and everything we do. Is it a drudgery or is it something that our hearts all in? Because we're so in love with the father that we want to please him. That we want to serve him in a way that makes him look thrilling, that makes him look supremely valuable. Now, what what, what is the difference here? Now, we, we talked about that a little bit, but let's look at Acts 17, verse 24. See, the difference is, is that God has told us not to serve him as though he needed anything. So let's pick up in verse 24 of 17. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands. 
You may be thinking, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to serve him. So my human hands are not to serve him? Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself, what? Gives. Come on, church, he what? He gives to all people life and breath in all things. And so the difference is, is we're to serve him as though he doesn't really need it, I'm just doing it because I what? I want to. I want to. And then in Mark 10, we look at verse 5. We'll see this here as well. We see the same pattern. For even the Son of Man, this is Jesus talking, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to what? Give his life as a ransom for many. And so this can almost look confusing, you know, if you look at the verse and say, well, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to serve, he's serving me. Well, what's going on here? What's the deal? These texts put the emphasis on God's giving to us when we serve. That's the emphasis here, is that God's giving as we're serving. I'm going to put a statement up on the screen, this is out of my notes here. The kind of service that makes God look valuable and thrilling is the kind that gives that serves God by constantly receiving from God. From receiving from God. Now see, that's a little backwards sometimes, because remember even last week I said it's more blessed to what? To give than to receive. But see, the kind of service that makes God look really thrilling and that makes him look supremely valuable is actually receiving from him, is getting from him in our service. Let me, let me break it down for you. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Whoever serves, and then the King James says minister, but we're all ministers, right? We're all to serve. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which what? God supplies, that he's giving. So that in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What is this saying? This is saying that in my service to him is to glorify him. But if I haven't received the strength from God to serve, if I haven't received from the heavenly father to serve, and I'm serving, then who's getting the glory? I am. But if I've received from the father all things that pertain to life and godliness, if I've received from the father his love, when I'm serving, it's all because of what he's given me. And as I serve God and I I go through life and I'm serving others, it's all because I've received from him and other people when they look. It's just like when I obey my father and I say, yes, sir, because why? Because I love him and I've received from him. I've received the provision, correction. I've received from him protection. I know that I've received a house. I lived in his house. I've received so much from him. And because God gave his only son to die for you and me, he's given so much to us and he's given us all these things. And because he gives to us, I serve and it gives him all the glory. Amen. See, that's the key. So the key in serving is receiving. And it sounds almost a little backwards until you look at what the scripture's saying. So Peter, he says, whoever serves, let's look at it one more time, is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs 
whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. See, the glory always belongs to the Father. See, that's why the man who just said amen right there, when I compliment him and I tell him he's awesome, even I tell his wife he's awesome, and she goes, oh, that glory be to God. It's all God. It just happened yesterday. They do it every time because they know where it comes from. He knows who he is. He he knows how he is. It's all because of him. It's all because of God. I'm going to always give the glory to God in all my service. He served me yesterday morning. And he gave all the glory to God. Amen? Amen? See, that's what we're to do. When we serve one another, when we're serving God, we give glory to him. He made his father, his heavenly father, look good yesterday. See, when we serve one another and we do it because we love him, we make him look supremely valuable. And this is why Jesus, he said, and I've said many times on on a Sunday morning before, that the world will know us by our love for one another. When we're truly loving one another, that's how they know. That's how they, they said, this seems a little strange that you're excited about this or you're so happy or you're so this or you're so that. You know, what is it? It's because I'm receiving from my Heavenly Father. That's how I can serve. That's how I can give to other, others. God is seen as glorious when all our servant is moment by moment receiving from God's supply. See, that was the word. It says, who is serving by strength which God supplies. So moment by moment every day, I need to be tapping in, tapping into the supply that God gives. Church, if you're down, if you're, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're depressed, maybe there's something that happened. Maybe a storm came and a tree and fell on your Mercedes. I don't know. I did, you know, maybe just something happened and it's just, it's put you in the dumps and you're down and your lips out. Mm. Well, just get, uh, tap into the supply that God has for you. Tap into his word. Get in prayer before him. Worship him. Get from the supply so that you can get back to serving Him. To get back to walking in the attributes and the characteristics that God wants us to serve with. And we receive this supply by faith. In other words, this moment by moment getting from Him, from receiving from Him, so that we can serve God acceptably you know, in, in, in godly fear and in awe of Him. To, to do this, it's got to be by faith. That's how we receive. Faith comes by what? Hearing the Word, right? So we need to be able to put the Word in. As we put the Word in, our faith is built up and we're able to receive the promises that God has for us so that when we, we can serve, we can serve with a smile, we can do the things that God said, we can tap into that supply and God Gets the glory. Others are looking and going, how in the world? It's all because God wants you. And I want to say this. I want everybody to hear me. God wants you to receive. God wants you to receive so that you can serve. So that you can serve others. So you can serve him. Serve him in the way that he wants you to serve. He wants you to receive. Now, last week, I said it's more, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But how many know that receiving is still nice? It's nice to get a gift every once in a while. I'll tell a quick story. We went to uh, a conference once. It was years ago. It was 
it was a one-day marriage conference, Focus on the Family puts it on. I'm trying to remember that. I still do. That's what it was. I still do conference. Some of you have probably been to that before. And so we went to this marriage conference, and this was the first time I had heard about the five love languages that you're supposed to have, you know, uh, that, that, that we all, you know, need. And, and we have different uh, orders and, and different needs with these love languages. For instance, one of them is quality time as a love language. One is gifts. One is gifts. And one is um, service, acts of service. And we, so you have these different five and you have these different ones. And, and, and you look at it and they said, I want you to write down five and don't let your spouse see. And write down the five that, that, that you, you know, for you, you believe this is the most important for you. You know, one's physical touch, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and gifts. So I had these five love languages, and I wrote these down. I thought, you know, I know what my number one is. I know what my number two is. I know what my number three and four. And so I listed these down on the page. And now my wife, she's doing the same thing. Now they said, don't, don't be looking at yourself. Now do another five, and you guess what, you, what your spouse's is, what's most important to them. Okay, and you write this down. And so I thought, I got this. I wrote this that man, I knew what I knew, man. I know her. I know her needs. I got it all figured out. So one, two, three, four, and five. I wrote them all down in order. What to, and then we get to share our results. And what was most important to her, I had listed as five. <laughs> what I thought I knew, I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't think it was important to her. And you know what? Now it's changed. It's not important. Because, and it's good to do a little exercise to do every now and then because our love language kind of changed. As we go through life, we go through different you know, phases and different things. And in that phase, what was important to her was gifts. I'm going to share it. That was gifts. I didn't think that was important to her. Because I, I, you know, when we were dating... I had given her lots of gifts, and she really liked it and all those things. But as I got, we got married, guess what stopped? <laughs> well, you know, you start taking things for granted just a little bit. And so she hadn't had a gift in a while. So at that time, gifts were her number one. She was missing some of those gifts. So I thought, I got some work to do. So I got to switch this. Now, to my credit, I had all the others in, in, in order. I had them all right, but that one. I, but number one being five is not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Now, see, that's not number one for her right now, okay? But it's still nice to get a gift every now and then, right? Even though that may not be number one, it's still a good idea to get your wife a gift every now and then, husbands. Amen. It's a good idea, wives, to give your husbands a gift. Amen. It's good to receive. See, we put all the emphasis on giving, but yet we are to receive because that's what Christ said he came to do. If we go back and we look in Matthew or Mark, excuse me, where Jesus speaking says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life to give. And so, see, we receive salvation from him. 
We receive from Him. In, in the very beginning, to, to start our Christian life, we are in a receiving mode. And see, sometimes as Christians, we, we don't get in a receiving mode. We're just in all-give mode, and that's it. And, and because we're in a give mode and nothing but a give mode, many times with others, we don't know how to receive. We haven't learned to receive from God. Are you hearing me, church? This can kind of happen. And so what we've got to do is open ourselves up to be willing to receive. You know how, you know, sometimes it can, it can be awkward getting something, especially when you didn't get, give somebody something else and you got something. Has that ever happened to you? It's Christmas. It's your birthday. Somebody knew it. Their birthday was just two weeks ago. You didn't get them squat. And all of a sudden they come in and they got this big box for you with a big bow. You know, and you're like, oh, I feel like poop right now. I'm just being real. I feel terrible right now. God is always wanting to give. He's that one with the big box, with the big bow. Even though you didn't give him anything yesterday, he still wants to give to you today. Don't be in condemnation because yesterday you didn't read a scripture or yesterday you didn't pray or last week you didn't pray enough or read a scripture enough and you you feel like, oh, well, God can't give to me, right? No, God can give to you right now. He can bless you right now. It doesn't matter. See, just because my son one day, he may say, he he may, you know, he's up there on the computer. I'm going to look at him over here. He's over there. He may one day, he may go, yes, sir, and go to do it. But just because he did that one day doesn't mean the next day I'm not going to bless him with provision, with protection, or kick him out of the house. He's still mine. He's still mine. It doesn't matter what he did yesterday. Today's a new day. It's a brand new day, and it's a brand new day for you. So if you looked at it and go, well, I haven't been serving like I need to serve, just receive from God and start serving now. Amen. That's all we've got to do. That's all we've got to do. Get in his word and we can receive from him. Now, even in Hebrews chapter 12, we read this last week. And we're going to put the emphasis a little different in the verse. In verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, we use this verse to look at attributes of serving. And we see, you know, grace. We've got to have grace, which is gratitude, which is true. So we can serve God acceptably with what? Reverence, which is respect, godly fear, awe of Him. These are attributes that we need to have when we serve. But if we look, where does it all start? Wherefore we what? Wherefore we what? We receive first. We receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have, now let's have these attributes to serve. We've received the kingdom first. What is the kingdom? His redemptive rule and reign over your heart and mine. Right? So we receive first. Just like, when, when, you know, salvation. We receive first. Now we have the love of God. Now we can love others in the way that God loves us. We receive before we can even give. And it's, that, it's set up that way so that God can get all the what? Glory. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I keep saying this about, you know, God's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. We're going to read it now and take a look at this. this is, there's more here. Simon Peter, a bondservant apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith 
of the same kind as ours. Notice the word received. By the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us. In other words, He's giving. He's given to us. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Now I want to stop here. We're going to keep reading. But He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through what? The true knowledge of Him. What is the true knowledge of Him? This, when you look this up in the Greek and you look up this word and what it insinuates in the context is knowing Him. In other words, it insinuates relationship. In other words, I've I've had to have received from Him first. I receive from Him the true knowledge. What is this? He says true knowledge. Remember, we worship in spirit and in truth. The truth is is what Christ has done for us. The true knowledge is, is that He came, He died for me, and He rose again, and He did it all for me, even though I was not worthy. And now I am to do the first and greatest commandment, which is to love Him with all my heart, soul, and mind. With everything that I have, it's relationship. Amen? And as I have that relationship with Him, as I can receive from Him, now I can serve Him acceptably and others will look and see and God gets the glory. Verse 4, For by these He has granted to us, He's giving us again, His precious and magnificent promises. And there are so many in the Word of God. So that by them... You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corrupt... Uh, corruption that is in the world by lust. Now look, he's given us these promises so that we can what? Partake of the divine nature. I look at this and I'm like, divine. This Divine means godly. Divine means, you know, uh, you know God, awesome, supreme. Uh, you know, I'm supposed, I'm a partaker of that. What is his divine attributes? What are his... You know, I'm supposed to have this thing, divine nature. What, what is this divine nature thing? God is what? Love, right? Very first thing we say, God is love. And that's why the scripture, when you look up in the New Testament and you start seeing and you do word searches and you look up like the word love and you look up the word, you know, giving and serving others, and all, it's just so chocked full. Of love, 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 over and over and over again. It's in there more than anything else in the New Testament. God's talking about us loving others. And because God is love, we take a part of that nature. Not the love that the world knows, the temporary infatuation that the, you know, things in the world that, that people say is love. We're talking true love. Now, not that there isn't true love out there. It's just what we see so many times. We'll see a movie and a guy and a girl, they just met. And all of a sudden, you know, they're madly in love with each other. The next thing you know, they're already in the sheets. It just doesn't make sense. That's not love. That's what? Lust. That's not love. Right? So we're we're taking uh, taking, we're partakers of the divine nature of God. There's a purpose to receiving that. The purpose is is so that we can love somebody else. So that we can serve them. So we can serve God acceptably. Now for this very reason, and we underline, we we see this, this very reason. Applying all diligence in your face, supply moral excellence. 
and in your moral excellence, knowledge, in your knowledge, self-control, in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness. See, we're seeing this now. There's a purpose. There's a reason to receiving all things that pertain to life and godliness. There's a reason we're supposed to be partakers of the divine nature. It's so that we can have these attributes, these characteristics of brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, what? Love. So that we can do these things. For in these qualities are yours and are increasing. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling in choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. You don't have to stumble. You don't have to be in anger. You don't have to be uh, in offense. You don't have to be in unforgiveness. You don't have to stumble. If you're part of the divine nature, the way you're walking around, you're always saying, yes, sir, I'm on it. You don't have to say, yes, sir. You don't have to have that kind of attitude. You don't have to have those attributes. You don't have to give into your flesh that way. When you're part of the divine nature, All things are different. It's totally different. Because I've partaken of something. It's not me. It's not in my flesh. I've I've partaken of something from God himself. It's divine. It's from him. And when I have uh, gone to that, what God has supplied for me, because he said God's giving this supply. When I've tapped into that, Now I'm walking in victory on a day-to-day basis. My head's not down. My head's held high. I can look at myself in the mirror and I can look and say, you're awesome. You can do the same thing. You don't have to be depressed. God doesn't want you depressed. God doesn't want you upset. God wants you serving Him with your head held high. He wants others looking at you. Looking at you and saying, I've got to have that. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. He wants you victorious, serving, giving God the glory. God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and all His promises to us so we can serve Him acceptably with attributes and characteristics that will bring glory to Him. This will make Him look supremely valuable. It'll make him look thrilling when we're able to receive. This is the opposite of being anxious. This is the opposite of being, you know, fidgety in your spirit. This is the opposite of stress. We serve God. We serve happy. It says, serve the Lord. In Psalms 102, serve the Lord with gladness, which is happy. Happiness. The glory that he is meant to. To have is the one where the giver is getting the glory. He's given to us. He gives us the strength. He gives us these things. We started in Joshua chapter 24. We talked about Joshua. He said, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. And he was challenging the children of Israel. And he said to them, basically he was saying, what are you going to do? Now, you can do what you want, but I'm serving God. But what are you going to do? I want to go back and look at Joshua 24. 
starting in verse 14 again. And this time I want to keep on reading. We're going to read all the way through 25. And we're going to hear the response of the people and what they said. And this morning, I want us, as we look here and we read, and, and after this, I want us to renew our covenant with God. Can we do that this morning? And we can look and we can see what they said. In verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Amen. For the Lord our God is He who brought us uh, us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and who did great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through whose midst we passed. Now look, stop here on verse 17. And you look. He said, they remembered what the Lord God had done for them. And see, what God had done for them has brought them out of Egypt and had done these great signs before them and done all that, those things for them. See, when we renew our covenant, we say the same thing to God. We say, God, I, rem- I-, I remember how your word says, it, and I remember that day where I gave my life to you because you sent your son to die for me. And see, that's what we're to remember. We look back on. Verse 18, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after He has done good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve Him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away the foreign gods which are in your midst and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and will obey His voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Can we all stand? So the people said, it doesn't matter. We're serving the Lord no matter what. It doesn't matter. We're going to put away these foreign gods. We're going to put anything that's not pleasing to God. We're going to put all that aside and we're going to serve the Lord. That's what I want us to say to the Lord. We're going to pray. And, and you know, if that's you and you're like, you know, I want to do that too. I, I just, you know, we're saved. You're, you may be saved. Maybe you're not. If you're not, I want you, you know... You, if you, if you want to be saved, I want you to give your heart to the Lord right now. Now is the time. Now is the time. Church, now is the time. Now is it. And we're to give our life totally over to God and put aside anything that is not pleasing to Him. Whatever it may be, that there's nothing before God. And when we do that, we open up our hearts to receive from Him so that we can serve Him acceptably and that that will give God glory. God gets glory from our serving when we receive from Him. Amen, church? How many is ready?
All right, if you're ready, just lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to do this right now. Father God, right now, we just say to you, we say, Lord, we renew our covenant with you that we will serve you and not serve any other gods. We will put anything that's not pleasing to you, we will put aside right now in Jesus' name. And just say that to the Lord. Say, I put aside all things that are not pleasing to you, Father God. I put aside those things that are not pleasing to you. I say that I will serve you acceptably. Lord, And right now we just open up our hearts to receive from you. Lord, that we would be partakers of your divine nature. Lord, that we would be able to tap into those resources and and claim those promises that you have for us in your word so that we can serve you acceptably, not so that we can get glory or any man here on this earth, but just so that you would get the glory, that you would be glorified in everything that we do. And by faith now, we believe, standing on your word, that we receive these attributes, these characteristics from you. Lord, your fruit, the fruit of your spirit, we receive from you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Lord, just we, Lord, we just praise him right now. Let's give him glory, let's give him honor. Lord, we just praise you. Lord, we give you all honor. We give you glory. We give you all praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. There is none beside you, none beside you. We will serve none other but you. Jesus' name, hallelujah, glory to your name, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand, church, he's good. Hallelujah, hallelujah.